What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods, and we are here with the two-minute drill kicking off the month of March. We are on March 1st today. We have a huge topic that I'm sure is going to spark plenty of debate, plenty of controversy, whatever you want to say. And it all started when ESPN decided to spice up the all-season just a little bit, spark some debate, but you know, by releasing a list of the greatest 60 quarterbacks of the 2000s. So the top 60 quarterbacks from 2000, 2000 on the dot and all the way to 2021. So it, this is a very controversial list because it's like, what do you use to compare quarterbacks from such different time eras? Number one, they, they deem Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma quarterback, transferred from Texas Tech, uh, he was the greatest quarterback of the 2000s. According to ESPN, they had Cam Newton second, Vince Young third, Tim Tebow fourth, Joe Burrow fifth, and in the top ten, in no particular order, we had Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Marcus Mariota, and Robert Griffin the third. So as you can see, lots of Heisman winners, lots of big-time national champions, people who dominated college football at, in their time at, in college. And – I want to start this off, so, uh, but you know, about breaking down how the criteria that we use changes who becomes number one. Then I'm going to kind of list off the candidates that I think should be in the running for number one, list off my criteria, and give you guys my simple breakdown how I went through here and picked the greatest quarterback. And we're going to wrap off the show giving my top five, five to one on who I think are the greatest quarterbacks. In, in the, of the two of the two thousands, so let's go ahead and kick this off here, man. We're going to break down how I think the criteria changes here. So, depending on what you put most weight in, will change who wins this debate for you. So, if you're a longevity guy, you need someone to dominate three, four, five years into their career, then you're going to probably have one of these. Probably three, yeah, I would say three guys fall in this category. And I want to start by saying I have five people. So I think there's five people who have a realistic argument at number one, really four, but we'll get there. But the longevity guys that I think have, I guess, fall into this category and have a shot at number one are the guy who was number one, Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma. You have Deshaun Watson, Clemson quarterback, and you have Tim Tebow, or, you know, Everyone knows what Tim Tebow did at Florida. So let's start with Mayfield, man. Over 14,000 passing yards, 69% completion percentage for his career, over 152 total touchdowns, had over 1,000 rushing yards too. He won the 2017 Heisman. He won three conference championships, two college football playoff appearances, so very accomplished career, put up a lot of stats, which isn't uncommon for Oklahoma quarterbacks, but he was the one that kind of got Oklahoma over the hump in the Big 12 and kind of got them over the hump in the college football playoff, given he didn't win a college football playoff game, but he came very close against Georgia in that Rose Bowl. Tebow, over 9,000 passing yards, 66, 66% completion percentage, over 145 total touchdowns, and over and almost 3,000 yards rushing, guys. This guy was a three-times – he was a three-time Heisman finalist. He finished in the top uh, five three times in his career, two-time national champion, two SEC titles, and won the 2007 Heisman Trophy. So just – 
I would argue if you're going for longevity, Tebow, it's kind of hard to argue that anyone has the achievements that Tim Tebow has. Yes, Mayfield has the stats, but if you're looking for strictly achievements and winning, Tim Tebow is most likely your guy. And in terms for Watson, I know this one could be a little out there for some people who maybe say that he doesn't deserve it, but this is a guy that threw for over 10,000 yards in his career, had a 67% completion percentage, 116 total touchdowns, almost 2,000 yards rushing, two college football playoff appearances, one national title, which kind of got Clemson over the hump, three ACC championships, two top finished twice top three in the Heisman voting. He never broke through, which I think really hurts his resume, but you can't make an argument that Watson, especially in those Alabama games in the national title, arguably wasn't the best player in the entire country those two years. And he was really the person that, yes, Clemson was good before him and all that with Taj Boyd and, all, and everything, but Deshaun Watson was the catalyst that really put them in the national spotlight that you see there at today. He set the stage for Trevor Lawrence and DJ this upcoming year to really try to get Clemson into that blue blood category. And so that that that, inc- that concludes my longevity um, you know, group. So as you see down here, we have Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, and Tim Tebow. These are the three guys that if you're trying to make an argument for they had the longest reigns of success, they put together a full career, these three guys are probably who you're going to pick to be your number one. One of the three, then you get down into your other criteria. But if, you, if you're strictly putting weight into longevity, these three guys are your guys. The next group. One hit wonders, and of course, we all know who falls into this category. Cameron Newton, Mr. Joe Burrow from LSU, you know, two years ago. Let's start with Newton, man. One one hit wonder at Auburn, threw for almost 3,000 yards, 65% completion percentage, 54 total touchdowns in one season, over 1,500 yards rushing in his career. This guy in one year. Heisman Trophy, SEC champion, national championship, led Auburn to an undefeated record and their first national title since 1957. Pretty hard to beat that. Arguably one of the best one-year careers. And for him to be second on ESPN's list is just outstanding. I mean, that shows you the type of impact that he had on this program. But let's move on to Burrow, man. Arguably the greatest single season in college football as well. I mean, for his career, though, you know, he played two years at LSU, had a little bit of time at Ohio State, uh, over over 8,000 yards passing, 69% completion percentage, 91 total touchdowns. And that 2020 season, man, got the Heisman, SEC Championship, and the National Championship. So these two guys are the best one-year wonders you'll probably find, even if he did a list going all the way back to the start of college football. These two guys are probably your guys for the best two one-hit wonders in the country. And, you know, so we have these five candidates. We have Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, Joe Burrow, Tim Tebow, Deshaun Watson. Those are our five guys that I think you can make an argument, depending on how you framed it, for the number one spot for the greatest quarterback of the 2000s in college football. But let's go through my list of criteria on what it would take for me to crown someone the GOAT. And as we go along here, each level eliminates one person. So we're going to kind of see my list here, and then I'll present it at the end too. So 
Let's kick it off with you had to be the best player in college football sometime in your career, which means you should have probably won the Heisman Trophy in your prime at the peak of your college career. How can you be the GOAT of an entire you know, current century right now, but not ever have been the best player in the country or someone thinking that you deserve the Heisman? Yes, there's a clear, obvious person that's going to be eliminated here, and that is Deshaun Watson. Never won the Heisman, finished in the top three twice, but he never got over the hump, and you've got to hold it. I mean, it seems like I'm kind of splitting hairs here, but you've got to find a way to separate five very, very promising candidates here for the number one spot. And if you don't win the Heisman Trophy, I don't think you can make an argument that you're the GOAT. And I think that's why Trevor Lawrence wouldn't be in my top five right now because never never won a Heisman Trophy. He's probably in the top ten, but and in just terms of pure talent, Trevor Lawrence deserves to be in here. But it, we're talking about some people who have won multiple Heisman Trophy. I mean, one Heisman Trophy has been voted in there multiple times, multiple time national champion. So Trevor Lawrence is just out here too. His his you know college predecessor you know predecessor and Deshaun Watson takes this spot and he's eliminated here because Tebow Mayfield. Uh, Newton and Burrow all won Heisman trophies, so that was kind of where I cut off Deshaun Watson as of right now. And the second one, man, you had to win a national championship. Yes, I know Baker Mayfield made it to the playoffs. Yes, I know Baker Mayfield dominated the Big 12. But you have to win a national championship. Just like I said with Deshaun Watson, we got to split some hairs here. we got to make some fine distinctions on how we determine whether you're the GOAT or not, and you had to win a, na- a national championship. So you can't be a GOAT without a championship. I'm not going to get into the how many did you win or you know did you ever lose a national championship, anything like that, because this isn't a LeBron-Jordan debate or anything like that. But i got to eliminate Baker Mayfield here because he never won a national championship in Oklahoma. Now, does that change if they get a lucky break here against Georgia? It could but he never did it. So we're going to have to cut Baker Mayfield off the list. So going into criteria three, this is because this is where it becomes so hard. We still got our two one hit wonders. Our long, we got one longevity person standing up there in Tebow. So we got to be real fine here. So you might be wondering, where do you go from here? You've covered championships. You've covered Heisman winners. I'm going to go with teammate help. And what I mean by this is who, if you take them off their team, whose team would be hurt the least? And so you might be saying, okay, so I see the Auburn jerseys hanging up in the back. You've got to be biased here. I'm not. So let's break this down numerically. A lot of people think Tebow could be the person to go home here, but the year that he left, the 2010 draft, Florida had eight NFL draft picks that year. Four picks from the year after 2011 and three, three NFL draft picks from 2009 is junior year. So, In total, that's 15 NFL draft picks with four first-round picks total, not including Tebow himself. So that's a pretty nice surrounding cast. And, you know, you have Percy Harvin, the Pouncey brothers. You had a lot of talent there. Aaron Hernandez was there. But then let's move on to Joe Burrow. Just this past season, guys, we just talked about Tebow had 15 in the three years surrounding him. Joe Burrow, just in one year, which is last year when he came out, 14 NFL draft picks from LSU last season. Four first-round picks, excluding Burrow, which is more than 
which is tied with what Tebow had in three years in his career. And then Jamar Chase is going to probably be a top 10 pick this year. Terrence Marshall might be a late first round, early second round pick. And they got some other players that could go later in the draft. So we're talking about possibly 16 NFL draft picks, five first round, maybe six if Terrence Marshall gets a pick up late in the round, which is possible because NFL teams seem to stretch for wide receiver help all the time. So right now, Joe Burrow's on the hot seat, and that brings me to Cameron Newton. Four total NFL draft picks in the 2011 NFL draft, and two of them were defensive. And, and the one offensive tackle or the one offensive lineman was drafted in the seventh round and never started an NFL game. Then the next year, so, you know, Burrow hasn't had their second drafted after him. So, but Cam Newton did one player in the fourth round was drafted and it's, and it was right. Ta- it was a right tackle who was the only offensive player from the 2010 team to ever start an NFL game. So Cam Newton had the least amount of help. Tim Tebow, a close second, but then Joe Burrow, man, that team was so stacked. You had Joe Brady coming in, revamping the office. Steve Emsinger did his thing. Joe Burrow had the most help here. So just based on this, I'm excluding Joe Burrow for the number one spot since he had the much better overall team in terms of draft picks and talent just statistically than anyone else. I mean, Terrence Marshall, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Look at the wide receivers he was throwing to. Outside of Percy Harvin, I I beg y'all to let me know which wide receiver would even start for LSU. And God forbid you could find me an Auburn receiver that could start for LSU because Darvin Adams was the only wide receiver that might even see the field, and I don't think he sees the field against at LSU. So might be picking hair. My co-host, Brandon, who's probably going to be listening to this tomorrow, is probably going to be having a stroke at work. He's probably going to be blowing up my phone tomorrow. So Joe Burrow gets excluded for criteria three. This one, man, it was so hard to come up with a fourth one, but I think this is valid. You see it in the NFL all the time with Brady Belichick. And that's going to be coach success versus player success. And, I know this seems like you're splitting hairs, but it's like, how do you tell two such successful players, Tebow and Cam Newton, apart here? You have to find something. And I, listen, I don't care who you pick for number one, Tim Tebow or Cam Newton, man. This is like 1A and 1B for me. And it's crazy that Florida had them both on the roster at the exact same time. Florida could have been just a powerhouse. And I think if Cam Newton stays, Urban Meyer might not have retired because he probably knew what he had in Cam Newton. And, you know, we're left with Tebow and Newton, like I said, and we come to this criteria, which is difficult. And so let's look at Tebow, man. Urban Meyer is your head coach. Dan Mullen, who's the head coach of Florida right now with some big performances, was his offensive coordinator. And so pre-Tebow for Urban Meyer, he went 69-12 and with one national championship in his career. It's a pretty damn good record, I would have to say. And then with Tebow, of course, he goes 35-6, and wins a natty with Tebow. And so that's not bad either. So about the same, he's experienced equal success. So this is the key. Without Tebow, how did Urban Meyer do? Of course, he retires from Florida shortly after, but he goes to Ohio State and wins with multiple quarterbacks. Won a natty with a third-string quarterback, 91-14 and with a national championship where he dominated the Big Ten year in and year out. So I don't think Urban Meyer just gets enough credit for what he's done at Florida. And so 
it seems like, yes, Tiva was a great player, but he had a, just a, a ridiculous support staff. And now you see what Dan Mullins went on to do with quarterbacks like Dak Prescott, Kyle Trask, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with Emory Jones this year. And so Cam Newton, he gets Gene Chizik as head coach. I love Coach Chiz, but in this argument, it's going to be sound a little harsh. There is a jersey behind me, the number 10 jersey, autographed by Chiswick for the national championship. But before Cam arrived there between Arkansas, for, between Iowa State and Auburn, 13 and 24. That's a big shift from the 69 and 12 we saw coming in with Urban Meyer from Utah Bowling, Bowling Green and Florida. So 13 and 24 there. And then with Cam, he has a 14 and 0 season and a national championship, SEC championship, all that. And then this is this is the most telltale sign you need, guys. After Cameron Newton, 11 and 14 with a 3 and 9, 0 and 8 in the SEC season in 2012. He's fired from Auburn, two years removed from a national championship appearance with Cam Newton. I mean, Listen, I know it could sound biased. I know, you know, y'all see the jerseys, y'all, y'all know me graduating and everything. But realistically, guys, I mean, this has to somewhat eliminate Tebow from Cam Newton because I, I, I just don't see how you can make an argument otherwise not to eliminate Cam, not not to eliminate Tim Tebow here. He had the better coach, the better coaching staff, the better team based on the last criteria, and it's. And, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, everyone says Cam got kicked out for stealing the laptop and everything, more details to come out about that that dispute the real reason he left. And, I mean, there's an awesome podcast with Brandon Marshall and Chad Ojosinko where Cam kind of speaks on it. They have Fred Taylor, uh, the former Jacksonville Jaguars running back, that was a mentor to Cam that kind of sheds some light on the situation. So I don't want to talk too much about that. But this this has to eliminate Tebow right here, and it gives me my top five. So – in case you know you lost track, let's go through it. At number five, I have Baker Mayfield, probably the best Oklahoma quarterback, uh, maybe of all time, most successful. Really just seemed to get Oklahoma over the hump, set the stage for Kyler Murray, Spencer Rowther, Jalen Hurts, that it comes after him. He put Lincoln Riley on the map. They were one block field goal away from going to the national title in 2017, and I would have loved to see the matchup with that Nick Saban defense at Ala- and, and um, at Alabama. And he had a huge Sugar Bowl win over Auburn and New Orleans the year before. So Baker Mayfield has nothing to be ashamed about. He's top five in my opinion, but – I just cannot put him at number one here because I feel like not winning a national championship, you know, really, really hurts him. And yes, I know Deshaun Watson didn't win the Heisman, he did, but he won a national title. So I want to put Deshaun Watson here at four. I think he was the most dynamic, most athletic quarterback in the country for almost his entire career, and I really think he was snubbed to the Heisman. This is arguably one of the best players in college football history to never win a Heisman Trophy, and for that case, I'm going to put him at four here for my for my best quarterbacks of the 2000s. Three, Joe Burrow, LSU. Man, you can't even say enough about how impressive this kid was in his second year at LSU. He loses a little credibility because of his first year not being that great. But once they got that receiving core in there, they got a passing game coordinator. 
Joe Burrow was the best quarterback from week one to week 15 when he beat up on Clemson at the national championship. And I will never take anything away from Joe Burrow. We just had to split some hairs here. So Joe Burrow is going to fall at three for me for best quarterback of the 2000s. Number two, Tim Tebow, Florida quarterback. I think if you're going longevity, this is your pick because no one had a better from start to finish career than Tim Tebow at Florida. He was dynamic. He was athletic. He was the stardom surrounding Tim Tebow was unlike anything I've ever seen. Yes, we had Johnny Manziel with Money Manziel mania going on there and everything else like that, but. Tim Tebow was a superstar before superstars like got recognized like they do today. Nobody ha- was more recognizable from like 2006 to 2010 than Tim Tebow, and he took that to the NFL, and he even had a nice minor league baseball career for the MLB too. So Tim Tebow is probably my 1B. I wish I could put 1B, but I had to make a decision here, guys, and you can say it's biased. You can say whatever you want. I got all the facts here. Y'all can let me know in the comments on YouTube. You can hit us up on social media. Let us know your opinion and why I'm wrong, why I'm right. What did I miss? All that good stuff. I love interacting with you guys. But number one has to be Cameron Newton, man. And he, hear me out. So I want to I want to ask you guys something. So let's start with Baker Mayfield. That 2017 team. If you don't have Baker, you just put in another quarterback. Do you think they still win the Big 12? I think we've seen it with Calvin Murray, Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler this year. At, like Oklahoma dominates that conference, and they have the best talented roster from top to bottom in the Big 12 every single year. And I don't think you could say that with Cam Newton. I think you could say that with Deshaun Watson. What was the ACC while Deshaun Watson was running through them? And I give Dabo credit because I don't think that team was better than Alabama either year they played them. But Deshaun Watson found a way to win. I think that's why he gets such a big bump to number four compared to where some people would put them. Joe Burrow, they were the best team in the SEC. And I, I mean that from top to bottom, better than that Alabama team, especially after Tua went down. They were the best team in the country, especially when they clicked about week six to seven. After that Florida game, I think LSU just skyrocketed in terms of chemistry. Coach O had them boys playing hard. They were the best team all season. And Tim Tebow's teams, let's let's say it. I mean, Percy Harvin, the Pounce Brothers, we talked about it earlier. But I, I question you all this. And if I comment in the comments on YouTube, whether you're watching the video version, let us know. Um, on social media if you're listening to the audio version or go find the YouTube video and let us know on there if you listen to it. Where would you rank this Auburn team in, t- in, in terms of pure talent? I'm just going to let it sit there. Where would you put them in terms of pure talent? Because I'm putting Alabama over them. That 2010 Alabama team had Julio, A.J. McCarron, they, Eddie Lacy. I mean, they. there were so many NFL draft picks from that Alabama team that you can't even count them all on your two hands. That was one of Nick Saban's most talented teams. They jumped up 24 to nothing on Auburn and Tuscaloosa. Auburn had no business winning that game. And I think you got to put LSU over them. That was one of the most talented LSU teams of the Les Mile era. And if they would have had a decent quarterback, I mean, so torn by Jefferson, he had his moments, but it limited that offense a lot. But that defense was spectacular. 
I think you also can put Georgia and South Carolina right up there with Auburn in terms of top-to-bottom talent. That Georgia team was elite. That South Carolina Steve Spurrier team was amazing. They came out to East again that year. And so I think Auburn would not definitely won't be top three, maybe not even top five, depending on what you want to look at. One player from the offense makes the NFL and starts a game. Nick Fairley, Josh Bonds were really the only two players to make a name for themselves on defense. But I, I don't. I think if you take Kim Newton off, you're stuck with that eight and five. I mean, eight and four, seven and five team that you were the year before, the year after, and then God forbid you have a three and nine team two years after he leaves. When you look at the schedule, I want y'all to you can, you can go research the schedules and look at them. What game? How many of these quarterbacks had to play with a talent deficit more than one week of the season? I don't think Tim Tebow ever had to play with a talent deficit in his year starting, uh, other than maybe when they faced Alabama in the championship. But most of the time he had a talent – like, you know, he had the more talented team. Deshaun Watson, through the ACC schedule, t- didn't have a talent deficit, didn't face one until he faced Alabama in the national championship. Baker Mayfield, same. And I think Joe Burrow had the most talented team in every single game he entered in his season. I think that's why I'm just giving it to Newton based on level of difficulty. And listen, there has never been a supernova season, as ESPN put it, that has hit college football like Cameron Newton, man. Came out of nowhere. And if you forget what he was doing week in and week out, you just need to go look up the games. They're on YouTube. I got DVDs, man. I'll mail you all my DVDs of the Cam Newton games. Um He, honestly, I remember as an Auburn fan watching him play and just thinking, we're not going to lose a single game. Like, there's, even when we were now 20, 27, nothing, 24, nothing, whatever it was, I remember, you know, I was younger. I was probably in eighth grade at the time. I remember just, like, looking at my parents and just being like, we're going to be all right. I mean, we have Cam Newton, and that's how good he was. He carried this Auburn team to a national title for the first time since 1957. The level of difficulty in what he did was just absolutely ridiculous, and I think Cameron Newton had was the best overall QB in the 2000s. Tim Tebow was 1B for me, and then Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and Baker Mayfield follow right behind. I think if... If you look, I guess, further down my list, like that 6 through 10, I think that's where you're going to find the Vince Youngs, the Trevor Lawrences, the Marcus Mariotas, the Lamar Jacksons, quarterbacks like that that I think had really good careers but just never, never, I just took that next step. I think Manziel would be somewhere around the 15 point just in terms of pure electricity, man. There is no one I loved watching more than Money Manziel. But I think these five guys – and I'm not going to argue with y'all. I, I can see any of these five being rearranged any certain way in the top five. But for me, Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, my top five. So, guys, a little bit longer two-minute drill. We didn't have another episode today, so I went a little above and beyond on this two-minute drill. But this was a huge topic I was so excited to cover. So please let me know in the comments of our YouTube channel, on social media, everything who is your greatest who, – who do you guys think is the greatest college football quarterback of the 2000s? I hope you all enjoyed the ride I took you on, my reasoning. But you all know where to find us, man, on social media as we wrap up this episode. Been scrolling across the bottom, Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods. 
Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods, Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. Click the notification bell at the top. That way you're notified any t- every single day we drop a two-minute drill and or another awesome episode. We start our big 10 and 31 days here for March. We already have some huge interviews lined up this week and next week, so make sure to tune in for those. If you're listening on audio, please subscribe, rate the podcast, or if you listen and go seek out our YouTube channel, subscribe there. It helps us get our content out. Make sure you like the videos. It also helps us out, man. We couldn't do it without y'all. But for right now, for your boy, Zach, I'm out.